chapter five of my bondage and my freedom by frederick douglas this librivox recording is in the public domain gradual initiation into the mysteries of slavery growing acquaintance with old master his character evils of unrestrained passion apparent tenderness old master a man of trouble custom of muttering to himself necessity of being aware of his words the supposed obtuseness of slave children brutal outrage drunken overseer slaveholders impatience wisdom of appealing to superiors the slaveholders wrath bad as that of the overseer a base and selfish attempt to break up a courtship a harrowing scene although my old master captain anthony gave me at first as the reader will have already seen very little attention and although that little was of a remarkably mild and gentle description a few months only were sufficient to convince me that mildness and gentleness were not the prevailing or governing traits of his character these excellent qualities were displayed only occasionally he could when it suited him appear to be literally insensible to the claims of humanity when appealed to by the helpless against an aggressor and he could himself commit outrages deep dark and nameless yet he was not by nature worse than other men had he been brought up in a free state surrounded by the just restraints of free society restraints which are necessary to the freedom of all its members alike and equally captain anthony might have been as humane a man and every way as respectable as many who now oppose the slave system certainly as humane and respectable as are members of society generally the slaveholder as well as the slave is the victim of the slave system a man's character greatly takes its hue and shape from the form and colour of things about him under the whole heavens there is no relation more unfavourable to the development of honourable character than that sustained by the slaveholder to the slave reason is imprisoned here and passions run wild like the fires of the prairie once lighted they are at the mercy of every wind and must burn till they have consumed all that is combustible within their remorseless grasp captain anthony could be kind and at times he even showed an affectionate disposition could the reader have seen him gently leading me by the hand as he sometimes did patting me on the head speaking to me in soft caressing tones and calling me his little indian boy he would have deemed him a kind old man and really almost fatherly but the pleasant moods of a slaveholder are remarkably brittle they are easily snapped they neither come often nor remain long his temper is subjected to perpetual trials but since these trials are never borne patiently they add nothing to his natural stock of patience old master very early impressed me with the idea that he was an unhappy man even to my child's eye he wore a troubled 
and at times a haggard aspect his strange movements excited my curiosity and awakened my compassion he seldom walked alone without muttering to himself and he occasionally stormed about as if defying an army of invisible foes he would do this that and the other he'd be durned if he did not was the usual form of his threats most of his leisure was spent in walking cursing and gesticulating like one possessed by a demon most evidently he was a wretched man at war with his own soul and with all the world around him to be overheard by the children disturbed him very little he made no more of our presence than of that of the ducks and geese which he met on the green he little thought that the little black urchins around him could see through those vocal crevices the very secrets of his heart slaveholders ever underrate the intelligence with which they have to grapple i really understood the old man's mutterings attitudes and gestures about as well as he did himself but slaveholders never encourage that kind of communication with the slaves by which they might learn to measure the depths of his knowledge ignorance is a high virtue in a human chattel and as the master studies to keep the slave ignorant the slave is cunning enough to make the master think he succeeds the slave fully appreciates the saying where ignorance is bliss tis folly to be wise when old master's gestures were violent ending with a threatening shake of the head and a sharp snap of his middle finger and thumb i deemed it wise to keep at a respectable distance from him for at such times trifling faults stood in his eyes as momentous offences and having both the power and the disposition the victim had only to be near him to catch the punishment deserved or undeserved one of the first circumstances that opened my eyes to the cruelty and wickedness of slavery and the heartlessness of my old master was the refusal of the latter to interpose his authority to protect and shield a young woman who had been most cruelly abused and beaten by his overseer in tuckahoe this overseer a mr plummer was a man like most of his class little better than a human brute and in addition to his general profligacy and repulsive coarseness the creature was a miserable drunkard he was probably employed by my old master less on account of the excellence of his services than for the cheap rate at which they could be obtained he was not fit to have the management of a drove of mules in a fit of drunken madness he committed the outrage which brought the young woman in question down to my old masters for protection this young woman was the daughter of milly an own aunt of mine the poor girl on arriving at our house presented a pitiable appearance she had left in haste and without preparation and probably without the knowledge of mr plummer she had travelled twelve miles barefooted barenecked and bareheaded her neck and shoulders were covered with scars newly made and not content with marring her neck and shoulders with the cowhide the cowardly brute had dealt her a blow on the head with a hickory club 
which cut a horrible gash and left her face literally covered with blood in this condition the poor young woman came down to implore protection at the hands of my old master i expected to see him boil over with rage at the revolting deed and to hear him fill the air with curses upon the brutal plumber but i was disappointed he sternly told her in an angry tone he believed she deserved every bit of it and if she did not go home instantly he would himself take the remaining skin from her neck and back thus was the poor girl compelled to return without redress and perhaps to receive an additional flogging for daring to appeal to old master against the overseer old master seemed furious at the thought of being troubled by such complaints i did not at that time understand the philosophy of his treatment of my cousin it was stern unnatural violent had the man no bowels of compassion was he dead to all sense of humanity no i think i now understand it this treatment is a part of the system rather than a part of the man were slaveholders to listen to complaints of this sort against the overseers the luxury of owning large numbers of slaves would be impossible it would do away with the office of overseer entirely or in other words it would convert the master himself into an overseer it would occasion great loss of time and labor leaving the overseer in fetters and without the necessary power to secure obedience to his orders a privilege so dangerous as that of appeal is therefore strictly prohibited and any one exercising it runs a fearful hazard nevertheless when a slave has nerve enough to exercise it and boldly approaches his master with a well-founded complaint against an overseer though he may be repulsed and may even have that of which he complains repeated at the time and though he may be beaten by his master as well as by the overseer for his temerity in the end the policy of complaining is generally vindicated by the relaxed rigor of the overseer's treatment the latter becomes more careful and less disposed to use the lash upon such slaves thereafter it is with this final result in view rather than with any expectation of immediate good that the outraged slave is induced to meet his master with a complaint the overseer very naturally dislikes to have the ear of the master disturbed by complaints and either upon this consideration or upon advice and warning privately given him by his employers he generally modifies the rigor of his rule after an outbreak of the kind to which i have been referring howsoever the slaveholder may allow himself to act toward his slave and whatever cruelty he may deem it wise for example's sake or for the gratification of his humor to inflict he cannot in the absence of all provocation look with pleasure upon the bleeding wounds of a defenceless slave-woman when he drives her from his presence without redress or the hope of redress he acts generally from motives of policy rather than from a hardened nature or from innate brutality yet let but his own temper be stirred his own passions get loose and the slave-owner will go far beyond the overseer in cruelty he will convince the slave that his wrath is far more terrible and boundless 
and vastly more to be dreaded than that of the underling overseer what may have been mechanically and heartlessly done by the overseer is now done with a will the man who now wields the lash is irresponsible he may if he pleases cripple or kill without fear of consequences except in so far as it may concern profit or loss to a man of violent temper as my old master was this was but a very slender and inefficient restraint i have seen him in a tempest of passion such as i have just described a passion into which entered all the bitter ingredients of pride hatred envy jealousy and the thirst for revenge the circumstances which i am about to narrate and which gave rise to this fearful tempest of passion are not singular nor isolated in slave life but are common in every slave-holding community in which i have lived they are incidental to the relation of master and slave and exist in all sections of slave-holding countries the reader will have noticed that in enumerating the names of the slaves who lived with my old master esther is mentioned this was a young woman who possessed that which is ever a curse to the slave girl namely personal beauty she was tall well formed and made a fine appearance the daughters of colonel lloyd could scarcely surpass her in personal charms esther was courted by ned roberts and he was as fine-looking a young man as she was a woman he was the son of a favorite slave of colonel lloyd some slaveholders would have been glad to promote the marriage of two such persons but for some reason or other my old master took it upon him to break up the growing intimacy between esther and edward he strictly ordered her to quit the company of said roberts telling her that he would punish her severely if he ever found her again in edward's company this unnatural and heartless order was of course broken a woman's love is not to be annihilated by the peremptory command of any one whose breath is in his nostrils it was impossible to keep edward and esther apart meet they would and meet they did had old master been a man of honour and purity his motives in this matter might have been viewed more favourably as it was his motives were as abhorrent as his methods were foolish and contemptible it was too evident that he was not concerned for the girl's welfare it is one of the damning characteristics of the slave system that it robs its victims of every earthly incentive to a holy life the fear of god and the hope of heaven are found sufficient to sustain many slave women amidst the snares and dangers of their strange lot but this side of god and heaven a slave woman is at the mercy of the power caprice and passion of her owner slavery provides no means for the honourable continuance of the race marriage as imposing obligations on the parties to it has no existence here except in such hearts as are pure and higher than the standard morality around them it is one of the consolations of my life that i know of many honourable instances of persons who maintained their honour where all around was corrupt esther was evidently much attached to edward and abhorred as she had reason to do the tyrannical and base behaviour of old master edward was young and fine-looking and he loved and courted her 
he might have been her husband in the high sense just alluded to but who and what was this old master his attentions were plainly brutal and selfish and it was as natural that esther should loathe him as that she should love edward abhorred and circumvented as he was old master having the power very easily took revenge i happened to see this exhibition of his rage and cruelty toward esther the time selected was singular it was early in the morning when all besides was still and before any of the family in the house or kitchen had left their beds i saw but few of the shocking preliminaries for the cruel work had begun before i awoke i was probably awakened by the shrieks and piteous cries of poor esther my sleeping-place was on the floor of a little rough closet which opened into the kitchen and through the cracks of its unplaned boards i could distinctly see and hear what was going on without being seen by old master esther's wrists were firmly tied and the twisted rope was fastened to a strong staple in a heavy wooden joist above near the fireplace here she stood on a bench her arms tightly drawn over her breast her back and shoulders were bare to the waist behind her stood old master with cowskin in hand preparing his barbarous work with all manner of harsh coarse and tantalizing epithets the screams of his victim were most piercing he was cruelly deliberate and protracted the torture as one who was delighted with the scene again and again he drew the hateful whip through his hand adjusting it with a view of dealing the most pain-giving blow poor esther had never yet been severely whipped and her shoulders were plump and tender each blow vigorously laid on brought screams as well as blood have mercy oh have mercy she cried i won't do so no more but her piercing cries seemed only to increase his fury his answers to them are too coarse and blasphemous to be produced here the whole scene with all its attendants was revolting and shocking to the last degree and when the motives of this brutal castigation are considered language has no power to convey a just sense of its awful criminality after laying on some thirty or forty stripes old master untied his suffering victim and let her get down she could scarcely stand when untied from my heart i pitied her and child though i was the outrage kindled in me a feeling far from peaceful but i was hushed terrified stunned and could do nothing and the fate of esther might be mine next the scene here described was often repeated in the case of poor esther and her life as i knew it was one of wretchedness End of chapter 5